know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson. This is episode 176. And with me today, I have Dr. Dennis McCarty. And Dr. Dennis has done all kinds of work, all in the sort of realm of protecting other people. He's worked at Homeland Security, uh, created law enforcement accreditation. Uh, he's worked in uh, the area of suicide and suicide prevention. And so it it makes perfect sense that he would have stumbled uh, onto the issue of human trafficking. And this, of course, became a passion in his life. Dennis wrote a book, and it's called The Quest to End Human Trafficking where he tells people all kinds of ways that they can get involved. So that's what we're going to talk about today is his book. So welcome, Dennis. Thank you very much. It is a real honor to be here. Yeah. I'm, and so tell us the entire name, because I think the actual second half of the book really describes what the book is about. So the quest to end human trafficking and what's the rest? Right. The, uh, the other part would be an educational and practical guide for everyone wants to help break the bonds and assist survivors. And I, I think that's exactly what the book delivers. But I want to first ask, what inspired you to write a book like this? Uh, I have been teaching uh, at the State University of New York in Albany for a number of years. And I started out teaching a variety of criminal justice courses uh, then around 2016, I had an opportunity to teach a course in human trafficking. And I was just so inspired by the projects that my students did uh, to raise awareness, to assist survivors, lobby for legal reforms. It made me wonder, well, what are the what kinds of things can little people such as the average person down the street do? Because most of us think, well, you know, we need to hire more police strengthen the laws, and that's all helpful. But what can the little people do? And, and I want to be very clear. I consider myself one of the little people. You know, I'm not an influencer. I'm not an elected official. I'm just a retired state worker who teaches on the side. And on a similar note, as you would know, you know women such as Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Elizabeth Herrick, they had limited educations and weren't even allowed to vote, but they had really prominent roles helping to end slavery. Yeah. So if they could have an impact, well, what about the rest of us who have a whole lot more going on in our favor? So I started doing some research, hoping to get an article out of it. I got into it, wound up an entire ebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And so who, when you wrote this book, what audience did you have in mind? Who's your target audience? I'm hoping to reach anyone and everyone. Uh, some chapters target people who have specific roles, such as law enforcement officials, people in healthcare, things like that. But most of the content would apply to anyone. 
Mm-hmm. And I think candidly that the more experienced activists who look at the book probably already be familiar with a lot of the content. But I'm hoping that even if that's the case, they would at least consider sharing the link with students or less knowledgeable colleagues. So we're all working for the same cause. And my hope is that the book will ultimately help to recruit some new members for the team. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it will inspire people to use their talents once you're providing them the information and they're bringing to the table their unique ways, just, just as you, you're a writer, you're a researcher. So you brought your talents to share with the world, to write a book, to teach students, to inspire students, to come use all their creativity with the projects that you talked about. So can you give us a little bit, uh, maybe an overview of the book? Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, by way of introduction, I should probably note that my overall goal was to create a vehicle for one-stop shopping where anyone who wants to help stop trafficking and assist survivors could find something of value. Now, there are obviously a lot of great resources on the internet, but the book would hopefully enable people to avoid some of the time-consuming Google searches and hopping from site to site if they're not already familiar with trafficking. It's also a very practical book. You're not going to find a lot of theory here. And it's free. Now, you can download it at no charge from the University of Albany Scholars Archive. And perhaps most importantly, you don't even have to read it all. There's a very detailed table of contents. So you can go directly to whatever happens to interest you. But with that quick introduction in mind, there are three main sections of the book, Celia. Part one, I call Getting Started. Here I provide a quick overview of key laws and concepts, what I think everyone needs to know, and I provide suggestions for how people can learn more about a particular topic that interests the reader. I mean, obviously, human trafficking is an immense topic, so some people might be mostly interested in children, assisting survivors, role of technology, and so forth. So I provide some ideas to how they can narrow it down if they want to. I also talk about how human trafficking impacts each of us. It's not just the people who are being trafficked. And here I try to make the argument that just hiring more police officers is not going to get the job done. Everyone needs to help. And I recommend websites and free newsletters so that readers can stay informed about current events. Uh, In my opinion, the general media doesn't always cover trafficking very well. So I wanted to identify some sources that. So part one just establishes the foundation. The second part focuses on resources that some of our key allies might be able to use. And by allies, I'm talking about public safety personnel, health and mental health professionals. There are specialized resources for our business partners, such as those in hotels, convenience stores, and airlines. Uh, I've looked at community influencers, such as public officials, the press spiritual leaders, and the kinds of things they can do and the resources that they might want to be able to use when they are doing it. But part three is what really gets to the heart of the book. And here I'm asking the question, what will you do? And I'm talking to the reader and I'm talking to everybody. I provide an overview of five major types of anti-trafficking activities to help the readers who might want to focus on a particular area that best matches their skills and interests. Uh, One possibility would be to increase awareness. 
Another would be to work in political advocacy. Prevention is the third area. Reducing demand was fourth. And a fifth area would be for survivor intervention and aftercare. And I also offered suggestions for college instructors and students who might be interested in starting a club to fight trafficking or exploring relevant career options. Uh, I then wrap up the book by offering some practical suggestions that anyone can do, regardless of how busy they might be. And through it all, I provide hyperlinks to sources for those who might want to learn more or download a particular resource that might work for them. Altogether, the ebook has more than 1,100 hyperlinks. So I'm hoping that there is some value in those. Wow, that is amazing. That's an amazing contribution. And, and people can go to a website. Can you say it again and get this book for free? Absolutely. Uh, it's the University of Albany Scholars Archive. And when you get there, uh, you can search for my last name, McCarty, M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, no H, or you can search for the topic, The Quest for Human Trafficking. You download it for free. And I want to stress that I'm not going to get a nickel regardless of how many people choose to do this. We're all on the same team, just trying to make this resource available. So if people want to download it, share it, whatever, um, that's, that's the goal here. Wow, Dr. Dennis, that that really is a gift to the world. I'm not sure it's a gift to the world, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh, I think it I think it is quite a gift because as a fellow academic, I I could imagine the the hours, the days, the months of work, of intense work and research to put this together. This is no lightweight topic, even though you get right to the heart of the matter and not fool around with a bunch of theory, you're getting people the practical information that they need in one place. You're saving people so many hours of searching and so many, and you know, there's such, such misinformation out there. So being able to get access to accurate information is so critical. So can you give us a, a few examples of uh, what might be in the book or how people could use the book? A absolutely. And I think the first step for all of us is we need to commit to doing something. You know, sympathy doesn't help. We all feel sorry for people who get trafficked, but that does nothing. So as we begin to get our thoughts organized, some people might want to begin by drafting a personal mission statement, which incorporates human trafficking in some fashion. Alternatively, you could take a pledge. Uh, you could write your own, or you could sign one drafted. Uh, it's available online by organizations such as the I-5 Freedom Network, Shared Hope, or HEMAD, which many of our listeners will know stands for Human Trafficking Educators Working with Men and Boys to Stand Against Demand. Now, in addition to the pledge or to the mission statement, some people might want to establish some basic ground rules to help them lead a slave-free lifestyle. So, for example, you could commit to buying fair trade products and services, uh, which were made by trafficking survivors. And if you travel, you know, be sure to use airlines and hotels that subscribe to ECPAT's conduct, code of conduct for the protection of children from sexual exploitation and travel and tourism 
So that's a whole big problem all by itself. But however the reader chooses to approach this foundational step, emission statement, pledge, or whatever, I would suggest that they put it in writing and post it where they often see it and won't forget because it's so easy to get distracted with so many things going on. Now, some of us might want to go beyond this generic kind of pledging. And for those who do, I offer suggestions in three major areas. What you can do if you can spare some time, what you can do if you can spare some money, and what you can do if you can't spare any time or money. So for example, if you can spare some time, you could volunteer at a local shelter or an NGO. Alternatively, if you will go to the End Slavery Now website and you click on the Act tab, you'll see a global directory for volunteer opportunities, many of which can be done remotely. You can search by name of organization, zip code, country, state, or city. Another thing you can do is post signs on community bulletin boards about common indicators of trafficking, how to report suspicious activity. Uh, Blue Campaign is a great resource uh, for signs and handouts you can download for free if that's something you'd like to do. Uh, another thing you can do if you have a little time is choose a project you would enjoy and, and underscore enjoy. This does not have to be gloomy work. Uh, some of us might want to organize a fundraiser, uh, collect toiletries or other items for residents of a local shelter. And if you're good at arts and crafts, you can make items that shelter staff can give survivors for birthdays and major holidays. And that might seem like a little thing, but that can be really, really meaningful for these survivors who just don't have many allies. You could also write letters to elected officials and the media outlets about particular issues. And another easy project would be to show a brief film or organize a discussion in your place of worship. These things don't cost anything, just require a little bit of your time. But I acknowledge people are very busy. So if you can't spare some time, maybe you can spare some money. You could make a donation to a charity whose mission resonates with you. you know, it might be a shelter in a country that you have a connection to. It could be an NGO that does a lot of policy work, if that's something you're interested in. Or it might be to an organization such as Freedom United that's doing a lot to raise awareness. Now, if you want to make the donation especially meaningful, several nonprofits let donors sponsor a particular survivor rather than just have it go into the general pot of funds. So, for example, you know, a $400 contribution you know, could pay for the therapy that a particular survivor really needs. Or you could send $20 a month. That could be enough to get job training for someone. But I would just note that while a one-time donation of any amount is always appreciated, really helps the nonprofits to plan effectively when the donors can schedule a monthly donation. And it doesn't even have to be much to make a big difference. I mean, for example, you could use the Good World or Roundup app so that each purchase you make is rounded up to the next dollar and is sent to the charity of your choice. Now, most of us probably wouldn't even notice if an 89 cent purchase gets rounded up to a dollar but a few cents for each purchase could add up over the course of a year and could be a big help to the nonprofit. Another thing I'm going to recommend is that we shop wisely. And the suggested mantra here is ask before you shop. Fair trade products and clothing that wasn't made in a sweatshop typically cost more. 
but they're worth buying if you can afford it. Uh, there are also many sites online where you can buy all kinds of gifts and household items who are made by traffic survivors. Now, many of these sites are based abroad, but an example uh, in the United States that serves American survivors uh, would be Thistle Farms in Nashville, Tennessee. Thistle Farms sells all kinds of products, including apparel, jewelry, and a variety of gifts. So you're getting the things you want and you need while simultaneously giving much needed employment to survivors who have few other options. Now that leaves the third group of us who maybe can't spare any time or money, but I'm gonna argue that even those of us in that category can make a difference. You can sign an online petition that gets featured in a free anti-trafficking newsletter. Donate your birthday. You know, instead of asking for another shirt that you don't really need, ask your relatives to donate to an anti-trafficking charity of your choice. You can also spread the word. It doesn't take any time at all. You know, talk to your friends. Send them links to a relevant article that might surprise or shock them. Uh, put some handouts at the back of your place of worship. Um, you know, your concern might also get uh, noticed if you put an inspirational quote at the end of your emails. Um, one that I chose uh, happened to be from Tony Kerwin, the founder of Destiny Rescue. And he said it very succinctly. We only have two choices, do something or do nothing. And that states far more eloquently than I could what I was trying to convey in the book. We can do something or we can do nothing. Or another thing you can do with no time or money, just put a red X on the back of your hand to draw attention to trafficking on my Freedom Day. Now people are gonna ask, hey, what's that red X about? And that's an opening to tell them a little bit about trafficking. Or you could wear a T-shirt or carry a tote with an anti-trafficking message. That will get noticed even if you're not aware of it. Now, these are all things that are easy to do, Celia, and might inspire others to join the cause. But I would just offer one additional thought. Whatever somebody chooses to do, whether it's time, money, sign a petition, whatever, I'm going to encourage all of us to celebrate the small victories. You know, give ourselves the occasional pat on the back. It is just so easy to get discouraged in this business. Um, it's important to stay motivated. But there really are lots of things. And of course, there are many more ideas in the book if people want to check it out to get some additional ideas. That's amazing. I mean, all I keep thinking is, you know, what you're saying is be the change you want to see in the world. Everybody, everyone can do something, even if it's a conversation with someone else. And I love the way that you have that book outlined in three separate parts. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, present, maybe they want you to do a presentation for their staff or for their community. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Well, they can send me an email. It's dmccarty at albany.edu. Uh, and uh, I include that in the beginning of the book uh, because in addition to whatever press they might have, I welcome feedback. Now, this is, is a first edition. And if I get a lot of constructive criticism, which I welcome, I can shorten it, I can expand it, I can focus on areas. So if people just want to drop me a line, say they liked it or something needs improvement, I welcome it all. Now, what is uh, on the horizon? What's next for Dr. Dennis McCarty? 
Well, I have a couple of things uh, on the on the horizon. Uh, tomorrow, as it happens, I'm going to be uh, recording a, a short blurb uh, for a public radio series called The Academic Minute, where I'm trying to get some additional awareness of human trafficking. Uh, and I have some other products, projects, which I'm not quite ready to talk about online right now because they're still kind of up in the air, nothing is certain. But um, I have the luxury of being retired from my full-time work, so I get to choose how I spend my time. And, and this is my hobby, it's a passion, and there's just so much work to be done. Um, very, very excited to be part of this, and uh, I'm gonna be continuing it as long as God gives me the strength to carry on. I love that uh, you're retired and you're choosing to still give back to the world. And I, I don't understand how people get retired and they're bored. They don't know what to do. There's so much, so many ways. Just pick up your book. And there's all kinds of ways that even retired people can get involved in and lend their talents and skills and well-seasoned talents and skills. So Dr. Dennis, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, just a couple. First and foremost, Celia, I want to thank you very, very sincerely for the opportunity to talk about this book in one of your podcasts. It's a great honor for me, and I'm hoping that you know, some of your listeners will choose to download the book and maybe even adopt some of the suggestions. I also want to give some much-deserved credit people who helped me to complete the book. Um, I did a lot of the work, but by no means was this a solo effort. Uh, there were several students who contributed research who I mentioned in the acknowledgements. Um, Emily Kilser and Lin Lindsay Van Berkham are librarians at the University of Albany who guided me through some of the technical aspects of writing an ebook, which I had never done before. And I wanna give a very big shout out to Ryan Davis. Ryan is an extraordinary former student and who I now consider as a colleague, helped me get this book ready for prime time. Simply could not have done it without her. But I think the bottom line is that this book is for everyone who wants to help fight trafficking and or assist survivors. This podcast is not a promotion to make myself rich. I'm not gonna get a penny regardless of how many people download the book, but as you pointed out, we can all make a difference. And by making this book available is one of the ways that I'm trying to do that. Yeah, well, I I do wish that you buy a lottery ticket and win because <laughs> I do wish Me you too. <laughs> because what you're giving to the world is invaluable. You can't put a price tag on it. And uh, thank you so much for pointing out the students and people that helped to, to bring this book uh, into the light because oftentimes we forget all of the hands and all of the brains and uh, all of the talents that came together to make something happen. So, you know what, even though the audience, we may not know those specific students, but it's amazing. And I love that you pointed them out because their work didn't go unnoticed. And that's particularly important. And it says a lot about your character. So anything that you write and do in the future that's human trafficking related, please come back and, and share with us. And, and I'm going to download the book and, and <laughs> pass it out to my friends. So thank you, thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. 
Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That was Dr. Dennis McCarty, and he wrote a book, The Quest to End Human Trafficking. And he wrote that book and made it available for free. I simply went to the University of, I typed in, went to Google, I typed in University of Albany Scholars Archive. And when that came up to the left, there was a search bar. And I literally typed in the quest to end human trafficking and the book popped up to be downloaded. Now, he tells me that in the history of the University of Albany's Scholars Archive, his book is now in the number ninth position. That means he his book has been downloaded more often than almost any other book in their archive. If you go to his website and you download the book, that book can keep moving upwards. We want that book to be the number one downloaded book so that you have the information, number one, and number two, so that even the University of Albany understands that human trafficking is an important issue. Dennis, a beautiful mind will bring you things that you don't even have to purchase. Until next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something, let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.